0: Well, sadly, uh, Bradley R. Snow and two of his friends were killed by a drunk driver in Beaumont. It was back in November of 2011. Now, since then, Bradley's mother, Sherry, has been fighting for tougher and longer sentences for convicted drunk drivers.
1: Sherry addressed the Senate Justice Committee this morning in Ottawa. She calls for a mandatory minimum sentence for anyone who kills someone as a result of driving while being drunk. Sherry, welcome back to the show. I was hoping that sooner or later we'd be able to stop having this conversation. <laughs> well, that makes three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: What happened today, Sherry? Well, you you know, uh, earlier today, uh, you know, we went before the committee and we delivered our very strong arguments for the, sen- the Senate to have Bill C-46 amended in order to um, reinstate what was put in the previous government bill to have a mandatory sentence. Right now, what they've left in there is a thousand dollar fine mm. for impaired drivers that cause death. A
1: thousand dollar fine that's just such an insult. That's, that's the minimum fine, right? That's the or mandatory minimum,
2: minimum yes. Right.
0: Because I was going to say to you, and I, I, because honestly, I didn't know what the minimum was, that I wondered if, you know, it's a shell game, anyways, right? Yeah. It's the maximum that you have to talk about because, well, or, or the mandatory minimum. Um, because when you talk about a range, then you—it's a shell game. Because now a judge can decide to give the minimum, which in this yeah. case you're saying is a thousand dollars, which over the loss yeah. of a
2: life. And and well, and typically, you know, what I've found is, you know, I've seen anywhere from fifteen hundred dollars to ninety days in jail. The average sentence is two to three years mm-hmm. uh, for this crime. What they serve, though, uh, probably equates to somewhere between six and nine months Yeah, mm-hmm. is what they actually serve because of parole eligibility and statutory relief. And,
0: and see, that's more of the shell game, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's a, it's a range. And so you say, OK, well, at least he got this many years or she got this many years. But then if parole factors into it you you know then you where's the justice right
2: <laughs> well and that's and that's the problem there there is no no justice and it's you know for me for me and and so many others we just we just can't understand why that nothing is more serious than loss of life nothing and why it cannot be commensurate with other crimes that cause loss of life so, Sherry, you, you know, you're pushing for
1: um, a mandatory minimum of five years, right. right now. And I remember having this conversation with you, gosh, a couple of years ago when uh, I think uh, Peter McKay was the minister, and yeah. it seemed like things were getting close. But then, of course, the conservatives got ousted, so yeah. that that those changes died on the table.
2: Yeah, it was right there. They it would that bill that Mister former Justice Minister Peter McKay put in place, uh, gave us everything we wanted and more, Hmm. you know. But yes, you're right, um, unfortunately they didn't form government that fall.
1: What's been the reaction um, to the uh, members of Parliament you have spoken with about this?
2: Well, you know, it's really, really hard for us. um, With the current government, you know, it's been really frustrating because it's been extremely difficult to uh, make our case to the current government. You know, I've, it's, I've, I've written every single MP, email and hard copy. Uh, trying to get a, a meeting even with the Justice Minister, it's just largely been ignored. And, you know, we want to be able to present our position and, you know, it's been hard. So from the current government, you know, we can't really get their reasoning I suspect it's their ideology, but um the other members of the opposition of they they back us up one hundred and one percent. What about the local MPs? The local MPs, well, you know, in in our wonderful province of Alberta, I miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be back I'll be back tomorrow. Good. Um the we only have four Liberal MPs and I think one's actually sit gone, he's an independent. Uh, the other one in Calgary tried very hard to meet with him, never could get a meeting with him. Mr. Bozenald I did meet with and he said he would help me but he was on the Justice Committee um, that I met with last September and he voted against it. Wow. And mister So he Sohe's been wonderful, he's been trying to get me a meeting with the Justice Minister but as of to this point, no luck yet.
0: You sound deflated, but I hope not defeated, <laughs> because it's important what you're doing here. Now, you appeared before a Senate Justice Committee. Going into that, what are the expectations when you're talking to a committee, and what was... I mean, are they are they able to react to you, or do they stare at you and take notes? What happens when you do that?
2: Well, they do stare at you a little bit and take notes, but... Uh, what they do is they they listen to you and uh, they don't give you very long to state your case, but they uh, they ask questions and you know you know all we we just I mean I just outright asked them that you know I would like to see this bill amended and these uh, these uh, this law put back in. And, you know, they'll study it, and I guess they'll come to their conclusions, take their votes, and <sighs> if they do amend it, then it's still up to the House. Mm-hmm. to, uh, And the majority uh, government still may not vote for it.
1: You know, we, we hear all the time about politicians, you know, pushing, you know, and they, to get elected, you know, well, we'll make change, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, but when they get in there, they seem to lose the, oh. the, the taste, uh, you know, to, to do so, and, and I wonder... Um, if that would change, um, if if they've gone through what you've gone through and what the oh. what the Novak family's gone through, what the Lake family's gone through, and what so many other families have gone through when de- when dealing with this.
2: Oh, you've hit the nail on the head uh, with that. Um, absolutely, I mean, nobody. And it's, it's like anything else. Unless you end up in the justice system, you have no clue. How messed up it really is, and and just law in general is, you know, it's it's very hard to navigate through it. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree with exactly everything you just said.
0: do You know, I have to tell you two ladies because, you know, a lot of what you're saying, Sherry, very important. I almost feel like we've talked so many times. I've talked to uh, other parents uh, of some of these kids as well, so I feel like I don't know some extended friendship here has formed over the years uh, <laughs> under the worst of circumstances. But what I'm getting out of your conversation, which I'm finding is bringing up the level of frustration in my mind, aside from this specific bill and from your specific case, the fact that it takes to- so long and is so arduous a task to talk to the people that we elected is actually making me angry as I listen yeah. to you speak.
2: Oh, it is. It's it's frustrating. It's it. I can't tell you how frustrating it is and and I guess every day I tell myself patience I've got to have more patience and I honestly think I was last in line when they were handing out patience but <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm it's a patience game I, I mean I I may have to wait till a new government forms and that could be you know two years six years who knows yeah,
1: Sherry. Um, Jonathan Pratt, who is the man who killed uh, your son and and Thad and Cole, um, was sentenced to eight years right. behind bars in 2014. Um, last fall, he was seeking
2: full parole.
1: Where is he now? What's going on oh, there?
2: Okay. Well, what happened with that was we did go to the parole hearing, and that was that was as grueling as the trial. Like you know, at least that was only a day long. He was denied parole, okay. and since that, I have not got a letter yet saying he's asking for it again. So, two things: either he's just going to wait till his statutory release because he doesn't want to listen to me again—that <laughs> <laughs> that's a possibility—or he, or or I could be getting a letter in the mail any day. Hey, Sherry,
0: let me ask you a tough question. Sure. Why do you want this? Do you want this because you want it to be a deterrent? You believe that if there was stronger minimum sentences, that fewer people would drink and drive. Do you want it because you want your son's death to to have more meaning? I mean, what is the driving
2: force? Well, there's two. I the main one, the main reason, and me and so many other mothers is is simply we don't. My shoes hurt Andrew, and we don't want to see anyone else wearing these wearing my shoes, but secondly, you know there just has to be some form of accountability and deterrence and right now, with there is no deterrence, the sentences are far too lenient, and the chances of even getting caught uh, impaired driving is very low. Most people get caught the first time after a tragedy happens. Mm-hmm. And a lot of weight is put on it because it's their first offense.
0: And if even if we were to take deterrent out of the conversation, mm-hmm. because people will argue that in jurisdictions where um, the minimums are higher or the fines are larger or whatever, that it hasn't had uh, an effect on drinking and driving statistics. So even if we took deterrent out, I think it's really important the accountability Part of it.
2: accountability just for this crime uh, the, the loss of life, the simple fact that it causes innocent loss of life for Canadians a day it, it should commensurate with, with other crimes that cause ca- ca- loss of life and, and and you know in this day and age we all know we all know you should not get behind the wheel I, I, I don't we always need more education mm-hmm. I mean but Nobody can tell me that they just fell off the turnip wagon on this one. Yeah, I Jonathan you Pratt was
1: two and a half times the legal limit, mm-hmm. and when he hit the back of the kid's car, he was doing two hundred kilometers an hour. Right. Yeah. Blind yep. drunk, doing right two hundred k an hour. And, and you yeah. know, we
0: and, and that seems so egregious, but it's not that unusual. Mm-hmm. My daughter got plowed into in a similar manner in Calgary. And police told her in conversation it would be this woman's fifth DUI. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, my fifth. God. And, it, and, 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 and why is she still driving? Because right. The, the sentences are so low. I mean, you know, at the fifth, fifth time, I, I don't even know how it got that high. She should actually not have a license again. That's it, well. take a bus. Mm-hmm. I wonder if All she didn't, street. and she just
1: starts, you well, know, you find a vehicle to yeah. drive and just go yeah. with no insurance, yeah, no we, anything.
2: We do hear a lot of that goes on. Sherry, know. what's next for you? Ah, what's next? <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> you know, after the Senate, you know, Bill C-46 is going to, you know, it's going to come. And, and with, you know, cannabis being legalized, it, that fits into the equation a little bit. That's why I think it's so, it's even more important now than ever but next i you know i'll just keep on keep on providing any kind of support i can for anybody and i'll keep writing those letters to the politicians and keep at it
1: well you managed to almost get there again and <laughs> share a few years back sherry and uh, you know my fingers are crossed that um it doesn't take near as long this time around yeah
0: i really you know, appreciate the phone call sherry because i know it's always oh, a tough one eh
2: well, thanks, and you know what, we, we, you know, on behalf of me and, and the, the other ladies that came with me to Ottawa, and we we, we can't thank you enough for helping us by just keeping it out there. Just by keeping it out there is unbelievable help.
1: Sherry, um, it's always good to talk to you. As Andrew said, you know, we've, we've developed this uh, friendship, awesome. um, over, the, <laughs> friendship over, the, yeah. over the years by doing this. And I wish we, our friendship we had been developed otherwise. But you know what? Um, please keep us updated on what's going on, okay?
2: I, I absolutely will. And thank you again for uh, getting, getting in touch. Safe travels home. Thank you.
1: We're coming up to the 4 o'clock news on the 6.30 Chad, Afternoon News. Brian Adams tickets for you to win coming up next hour. We'll have a music montage for you to uh, check out and take your best guess at. It. And we'll also talk with Jesse Beyer a little earlier than normal, probably about uh, four or Forty-six, because yeah. we are off uh, off uh, early tonight because of the Oilers, but we want to get all the details on this big snowstorm. Exactly, I've heard uh, estimates. It was originally just
0: going to be at the uh, west side of the province, BC border. Now uh, the warning includes the Edmonton area, and I've heard ranges of ten to what twenty-five yeah. centimeters, yeah. depending on where you are. So we need to get the details on that.
1: So we'll have all of that coming up on the other side. Dave Campbell checks in with a look at sports. We'll have your latest market numbers, and of course Eileen Bell coming up with the latest news headlines.
0: The sixth. Thirty Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at two on 630 Chad.